Welcome back to the Will Stevens Show on WXAN 103.9 FM. Weekdays from 12.05 until 1 p.m. And it is an honor to be joined right now on the phone line by former Republican presidential candidate in 1992 at 96, currently a contributor to the MSNBC cable network and a regular on the McLaughlin Group, Mr. Pat Buchanan. It is an honor to speak with you, sir. Good to talk with you, Will. You know, I want to start off. There was a article written by your friend uh, Clarence Page yesterday. It was in the Lincoln Journal Star. He says, most Americans have pretty much abandoned the idea that racial, ethnic, and religious diversity is something to fret about. Yet Buchanan, my longtime colleague on the McLaughlin Group, still is trying to pump more hot air into that leaky balloon. Um, And he's talking about your uh, book entitled Suicide of a Superpower. As uh, Mr. McLaughlin would say, uh, issue number one, how do you respond to that? Well, I would say to Clarence, uh, uh, he, of course, is very optimistic of the way things are going, and some people are. Most Americans really are not. They are not uh, supportive of the mass immigration that's taking place, especially uh, when we've got uh, you know, 14 million unemployed and about 23 million underemployed and unemployed. But let me talk about the ethnic issue. Clearly, uh, uh, well, the, clearly the United States did assimilate and Americanize all the folks, that, or almost all the folks who came from 1890 to 1920, the Irish, the Jews, the Italians, the Poles, and the Slovaks, and the others. But we did because we had a great melting pot. The public schools and the Catholic schools and all the institutions basically burned these folks and in, 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 in almost coerced them in a way, and directed them into becoming Americans, so that by 1960 they were all fully-fledged Americans who may have who had no memories of their homes and who believed America was their home and their country. What's happening now is different for three reasons. One, the numbers coming are huge. They are coming from countries and civilizations whose people have never been assimilated into any Western society, Secondly, the melting pot has been rejected and repudiated for multiculturalism. They are told to remain who you are as tiny enclaves of foreign nations in our country. And the third thing is that ethnic nationalism, ethnicity, race, tribalism, and uh, religious fundamentalism are tearing countries apart all over the world. Countries and continents are being ripped to pieces. We are in a new age, whereas Arthur Schlesinger and Pat Moynihan said, the issues of ethnicity and race and tribe and religion will be the dominant forces defining what happens. And when all these things are going on, my view is, why are we taking this risk with our country? What I'm talking about is the survival of the United States as one nation under God, indivisible, and one people. Uh, John, the... We were, in 1960, a Western Christian republic of about 180 million people, 90% of them European. We are now going to be, in 2040 or 2050, really a, a, a stew of a nation of every country, people of every culture, every color, every faith, every, uh, uh, every ethnic group you can imagine. And we have the things that held us together are disintegrating our common religion. We no longer agree upon. We no longer have a common moral code. We no longer agree that America's history is great and glorious. 
upon what are all these people going to agree, and why are we taking this risk? And this is what you talk about in the book, in the chapter specifically called Demographic Winter, where you make the case that because of these demographic shifts that by 2050, uh, the U.S., in, in your opinion, I think is still going to be the top of the heap. But as compared to today, we're going to be a third world country. As I read through sections of your book, did I sort of grasp that correctly? You know, what's going to happen is the, uh, the people of European d- descent, and uh, this is nobody's fault but their own, are dying out. I think by 2020, there will be more uh, white Americans over 65 than under 17. And so they are declining as a share of the population. They used to be 90%, as I said, and they will be less than, by the mid-century, they'll be about 46%. So what's America going to look like? Well, it's going to look like California today. Uh, do we want that when California is bankrupt? Its bond rating is, uh, is the lowest in the nation. There are half the people in Los Angeles don't speak English in their own homes. There's a black-brown civil war going on among the underclass in the prisons and in the gangs. Uh, And people are leaving California. For the first time, they didn't add a congressional seat. That's what all of America is going to look like. Now, the question I ask is, should the American people vote on that? Because I don't think they want it. And I think it's a terrible risk. And And that's why I wrote it, Will. One of the chapters that particularly interests, I think, myself, because I grew up Uh, in the Catholic Church to a certain extent. You've written a chapter about the decline of the Catholic Church and how that plays a part in this. Unpack that for me and the Catholic audience here. Sure. uh, Well, the church I grew up in was the Church of Pius XII, who was Pope from uh, 1938 to 1959. It was a tremendously powerful, burgeoning religion. Uh, you were doubling the number of priests in that period. The, the veterans came home from these horrible wars, and they were converting in droves. There were Catholic schools opening up every single week, and Catholic high schools opening up uh, every single year. And it was a, a church where three-fourths of its members went to Mass on Sunday. Uh, and again, the numbers were just exploding, and they're all in there. And what has happened since then, since Vatican II, and maybe not caused entirely by Vatican II, although I think it had an influence in the, uh, in the vandalism of the Mass and some of the other alterations that were made, which I really objected to. But right now we've got to where we had 4.5 million uh, kids in parochial schools. Well, we now have 1.5 million. It's down by two-thirds. Only one in four Catholics goes to Mass. The Christian Brothers had 900 seminarians back in 1965. At last count, they had seven. And now they've gone into bankruptcy. The Jesuit uh, seminarians and vocations are down uh, 90%. I think the average age of priests and nuns is 68. 15% of our parishes have no, uh, have no priests in them. Uh, in addition to this, the uh, one in three Catholics, uh, cradle Catholics, has lost the faith and left the church. Uh, if it weren't for the fact that the uh, Mexican folks coming in, legally and illegally, uh, the Catholic, uh, the Catholic community would have fallen by 25 percent in the United States. That is a precipitous decline. And when you take a look, it's not only the Catholic Church but the Protestant churches. When you take a look at the young people, I think some 25 percent uh, profess no religion whatsoever. 
And whenever people don't have that bedrock foundation or moral code, I mean, your country immediately begins to go adrift. Do you agree? Well, I agree. And, and I, in that chapter, The End of Christian America, I use the statistics mainly on the Protestant churches in that chapter, and there's a separate chapter for the Catholics. But in, I, I say there are some consequences here uh, with the death of faith, and, and one of the consequences is social decomposition. Just one example, uh, uh, the illegitimacy rate, I think, was 5% in 1960. It's now 41%. Mm. And uh, among Hispanics, 51%. And among African Americans, 71%. It was only 23% when Pat Moynihan wrote uh, his book on the, the destruction of the black family. And when the family disintegrates, uh, there are consequences. The illegitimacy rate is directly correlated to the crime rate, the drug use rate, the dropout rate, the incarceration rate. We got five times as many uh, people in prisons and jails as in 1980. That's how we're controlling crime. So that's one result, uh, social decomposition. Another is cultural wars because we disagree on fundamentals about right and wrong and God and man. And these manifest themselves in battles over the Ten Commandments, prayer in school, abortion, homosexual marriage, stem cell research. So we're at war with each other. And the third, uh, the third thing is that uh, when people cease to believe in God, as, as I, I'm not sure whether it was Chesterton said it, they do not then uh, believe in, uh, uh, they, you know, they do not necessarily believe in another God. They will believe in anything. And so all these opportunistic religions come along, and Islam is coming along. Pat Buchanan is our guest on the phone line today. His new book is entitled Suicide of a Superpower, Will America Survive to 2025? Your closing chapter, The Last Chance, you lay out a plan for saving the nation from this potential collapse that you see just over the horizon. Touch on, if you would, a few of those actions that, in your opinion, have to be taken to bring us back from the brink? Well, I don't, this is one thing in, in the book. I do think uh, the one thing you've got to, uh, I mean, I, I deal basically in the back of the book with, with things that I think can be done politically. Uh, they deal with the, with the budget. They deal with Social Security. They deal with, uh, with the uh, American, American commitments abroad, all the commitments we have to fight in various parts of the world. And they... Uh, and they deal with the economy. But I, those are things for politicians. And, uh, and they deal with immigration. I think we ought to stop immigration cold, all immigration legal and illegal, until Americans go back to work. We, we, we got a million and a half workers coming in here. I'm sure they're hardworking people. But what are we doing bringing in people to take the available jobs when our people can't find jobs? Well, and, I, and you know what? I want to ask a follow-up on that because you in uh – 2000, I believe it was, ran again for president for a nomination, I believe, on the Reform Party ticket. But you have always been considered, to most, a conservative's conservative. You are the standard bearer in many ways, but yet the party has left you on two what I feel to be very important keystone issues to the party, and that is the conservative approach to military expansion around the world, first of all, and then secondly, you advocate for fair trade. Have you left the party, or has, has the party left you on those issues? Well, um, I, let me put it this way. The, the Republican Party became a free trade party after World War II. Before that, 
from Lincoln all the way to Cal Coolidge, where we became where we became the greatest manufacturing power the world had ever seen. Uh, protectionism, the very word, was written into every Republican platform. I was a Milton Friedman free trader up until 1990, until I saw the consequences of it, and I said, whoa, wait, I know the benefits of this, or the supposed benefits, but I've been to too many towns where the factory shut down and everybody's out of work, and uh, they've gone to Asia, and I go down to these stores, and the products cost the same amount, but they're made somewhere else. And so I, I guess you could say I left the consensus then. I've been trying to change it. But I will say, I think I was somewhat ahead of my time. I predicted the loss of every manufacturing job in the United States, and we lost one-third of every one we had in the last decade. So I think I was right there. I don't know. Um, uh, I do know I broke with the party then because the situation I saw was, was different than what I had been taught to believe. Secondly, I supported the Cold War all the way to the end and all our commitments the only military action I opposed in the Cold War from 1960 to 1990 was putting American troops in Lebanon because I said, uh, this is unrelated to the struggle we're in against the Soviet Empire. I mean, this is a local battle between various militias and religious. I'm, I'm sort of with the Christians there, but we're not, we're not going to, we ought not to go in there and fight. But what I, what I, uh, well, what I decided is after the end of the Cold War, I said, our war is over. What do we now? It's time for these rich Europeans to defend themselves since the Soviet empires collapsed and the Soviet Union's collapsed and their troops have gone home. Bring ours home. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not radical. Dwight Eisenhower told Jack Kennedy to do it in 1961. And apparently Jack didn't listen. He didn't listen. (laughs) (laughs) He went his own way, as we know. (laughs) Right, of course. Mr. Pat Buchanan has been our guest, and I know that you know you want to sell books, obviously, and your new book is entitled Suicide of a Superpower, Will America Survive to 2025? But I wanted to ask you, you know, we are a uh, 6,000-watt station located here in Southern Illinois. You are consistently on MSNBC and, and other networks. Uh, you've got access to the Sean Hannity Show, etc. Why spend 20 uh, minutes with a local radio station like this one doing a 20-minute interview with a local radio show host? Because, uh, well, you mentioned I do want to sell the book, but uh, I've already been paid for the book. My publisher's the one who's concerned about <laughs> sales. <laughs> but, Will, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it, is, it is the message I want to get out to my country and to get out to the people of my country. Uh, because, you know, our generation did some terrific things, I think, in winning the Cold War. But uh, we really went off course in the 60s. And I don't th- if we don't correct our course, not only politically and in every other way, I think the greatest expression of Western civilization, the country I love, is headed straight downhill. Patrick J. Buchanan, our guest on the Will Stevens Show. We're going to take a short commercial break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> 